heard this story the other day <laughs> i heard this story the other day it's supposed to be a very romantic story from one of my uh from a friend went to a uh, very tasteful outdoors surprise thing for a friend and it was a surprise and then we surprised him and that was fun surprise parties scare me i'll <laughs> i'll be honest I'll be honest. Somebody threw not somebody. Three of my really good friends threw me a surprise party once. I, as listeners may or may not know, <clears throat> suffer from chronic migraines, debilitating, terrible. Oh my god, it's the worst. And sometimes you know it's just bad, and I have to go home. That's really what it is. Is sometimes you know you get a headache. Some people out there don't even get headaches. You might be listening to this and thinking, Tim, I've never had a headache in my life, and I'm like, okay, Smokey. Why don't you put down the blunt for five seconds and uh, join the rest of us in the real world? Am I right? But uh, no, I, I, I do get headaches that turn into migraines that like I get sick and like throw up and it's gross sometimes. Sometimes if it's really bad, usually a nap, some Benadryl, you know, if I get it early enough, levels me out, keeps me nice and even. But sometimes I'm out and it's like, Tim. Time to go home. Time to go take your Benadryl, take a nap, night over. And I tried to do this. And one night we're all hanging out and uh, my friends are very reluctant to let me do so. One of them grabs my we were going to go see a movie. And then uh, I said, I think I have to bail on the movie, fellas. I'm sorry. I'm not feeling great. They all like share a panic. Look, one of them grabs my backpack, runs away. And I'm like, damn it. Now I'm like really feeling like terrible, <laughs> like just getting worse because the longer you're at, you feel terrible. You feel terrible. And I follow him into this bar, not suspecting a thing, really just the, you know, the smell of the bar is making me feel sick. <laughs> I felt so I felt so bad by the time. I really wanted to see the movie uh, that we it turns out we were never going to go to. And um, we uh, I, I get through the back of the bar, go into the backyard and there's a huge group of people and they all say surprise. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was too sick <laughs> to comprehend in that moment what was happening. Uh, and and it was genuinely the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. Um. And I was there for maybe 20 minutes and then I had to leave. <laughs> oh, this is peak New York popularity. It was a packed place. It was a packed event. There were lots of people there. I hugged everybody. I said, I said, uh, hi to everyone. Uh, it was great. It looked like a good night. It looked like things could have gone great for me, you know, if I'd stuck it around, but, uh, you know, then I, my friends eventually were like, okay, Tim, you should probably go. I just had my head down on a picnic table in the back for a while and then eventually went home and, uh, they knew what was going on. The, the friends who were there, you know, I think some people didn't, some people just, I just left. And then I was like, please tell everybody I'm not feeling great. And I don't think they ever got that memo. And some people later were like, yeah, you just bounced really early from your, uh, your surprise birthday party, but oh, well. 
point is I'm scared of surprise birthdays because what if I can't go? What if I get another migraine? What if something bad happens? I like having the flexibility to cancel. Some people cancel way too much. I try not to be a premature canceler. You know, if I know I'm going to bail, I try and give advance. A day of bail is tough. It's real. It's real. It's really a bad look. It's a bad friendship. It's not good etiquette to bail day of. I feel like my generation bails a lot day of. Is that is that fair to say or is that maybe we're just living crazier lives? We're all working more. Everybody's working. You come home. You got to make dinner. You then you got to do chores. All this stuff. You know, I, I heard this interesting uh, premise the other day about. Boy, this is really getting very off top. I started with this with I have a story. <laughs> Nowhere near the story. Surprise birthdays, whatever. So but I heard this interesting premise the other day that was basically about the uh, the downside of a two income household, which is obviously the fact that both people need to work. It's crazy. If you if you think our economy is better now than it was 30 years ago, like just look at the fact that most of uh, millennials, both people in the household are working. That's crazy. You know, that's crazy. People 30, 40 years ago would say they were broke, but still it's one guy going off to the office, coming home to his wife and his three kids. They own the house. They own the car. That's that's more than (laughs) most people in my generation will ever have. We are we are committed now to a two income household, and that's terrible. And that's it's stressful. Now, this article was was that I was reading was not to say Uh, It was not not gender specific. You know, it doesn't matter who's leaving and who's coming home. Uh, But, you know, traditionally, man goes to work, comes home to his woman who's got the got the house all in order and the kids are taken care of and there's food on the stove and the groceries have been got and all this stuff. This is the quintessential America that we all know. And uh, that's that's the way things used to be. And it's archaic. And now now women are out there getting career oriented and they're on the workplace. And that's great. And any woman who wants to do that, it is fantastic. Uh, And any man who wants to stay home with the family, that's great, too. Whatever works for your family, whatever works for your your partnership, I endorse 100 percent. Do what makes you happy. The problem is nowadays we don't all have that option for someone to stay home, man or woman. It's not a gendered argument. This is merely the fact that back in the day, someone used to go to make the money that would support the household and someone else used to stay at home and maintain the household, did the chores, took care of the kids, cooked the food, did the groceries, all that good stuff. So now our, our millennial generation, two people going off to work, you both come home, you look at each other around the house and nothing's done. (laughs) So now not only are you both working to make money to bring home to the homemaker who is there waiting for you. There's no homemaker there waiting for you. There's nobody there. You got to pick up the kids from daycare and then you got to do all of the errands that you weren't able to do because you were at work. You work a full day and then you come home and you and your partner have to then do all of the chores that you used to do. That is just a, I thought it was an interesting thought, an interesting point. I hadn't thought about it. And maybe it explains why people in our generation are more prone to bailing on stuff because you're, you're on Monday. You're like, this is great. I will definitely be there on Thursday. And then Monday comes Tuesday, 
Wednesday, you're like, oh my God, I haven't gotten any of these. I don't know. There's no food in the house. Thursday comes, you're like, oh my God, I need to take my car in for an oil change and no one's been able to do that or the lawn's out of control or insert whatever it is that you would have been done. I need to do laundry. I need to wash my under. I don't even have a good pair of underwear to go out in. How is it possible for me to go out? If I don't have underwear, I cannot go out. Sorry, I have to bail. That's a, that's a that's a poor etiquette move, but a good etiquette move because you don't have underwear. But I mean, again, I mean, I'm like the last thing I would ever do is kink shame anybody. Kink shame anybody. I would not do that. And if you floats your boat, I don't even know if it's a kink. But if you if you rock a commando, good for you, man. Good for you, man or woman or whoever who is uh, doing the commando thing. Good. Good for you. Is commando. Um, I was just going to say is commando gendered. I don't, I don't know. I did. I, when I hear commando, is that a military term? What does commando mean? All I think about is the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie commando. Uh, and that somehow means free balling without underwear. Is that what, why, why do they call it going commando? What is going com- commando? Why, why do they call it that? To go underwater, do commandos? I keep saying like do commandos. Are commandos a real thing? I don't know anything about commandos. I'm gonna make a note right here. Tim, Google commandos, and I'll uh, I'll report back on what a commando is next week because uh, I have lots of thoughts on what this might mean for everything. I heard a story. I heard a story that was supposed to be romantic and it was all about uh, a man in in the uh, the military uh, was engaged and he was uh, and his his wife uh, or fiance was writing letters to him, was writing letters to him every day. Uh, and no. And I was like, cool, this is an old story. And it's like, no, no, no. These are some friends. This is from a year ago. <laughs> like, OK, well. Why are we writing letters? I, I guess <laughs> it's nice. I guess it's nice to receive a letter, but who has the time? Who has the time to write anything with their hands? When was the last time you wrote anything with your hands? I've written on sticky notes. When was the last time any of you wrote a letter? I don't even know what I would do with a letter once I wrote it. You put it in an envelope. You put stamps on that. Do you put one stamp? Do you put... 30 stamps i don't know how stamps work i'll be completely honest with you i i don't understand what if you want to send a letter and you don't have enough stamps on there how do you know if you don't have enough stamps how would anybody know you just get a stamp as all i i feel like it was just you put a, a letter into an envelope you put a stamp on it and then that stamp is all you need to get anywhere but I feel like you also hear about about not having enough stamps. So so I don't know. But do you, if you put extras, does that are you flagged? Didn't Harry Potter receive envelopes with like a million stamps on it because the wizards didn't understand how stamps works? Maybe I'm a wizard because I don't understand how the U.S. postal system operates in any real capacity. Regardless. I know it's a love story. It's not a love story if you're sending even an email is more romantic. But if you're a call, I don't know. I, all of it can be romantic in the right context. But letter writing a letter. There's something very romantic and old timey and old fashioned about writing a letter. I, but it seems like the kind of bullshit that you tell other people about your relationship, doesn't it? 
I don't think these people wrote letters. <laughs> I don't believe anytime anyone tells a story in the modern era about people writing about lovebirds exchanging letters. I don't believe it. <laughs> Given that an old veto, I'm going to laugh at it, which is what I did. But I don't believe anyone's writing letters to each other nowadays. That would be crazy. It's the kind of bullshit that you tell other people, you know, like when when you meet someone online like on tinder and then you tell them you met it and then you tell your family you met at a bar because you don't want to have a conversation about uh you know being on an app and even though everyone's on apps and it's widely accepted you don't have to explain to your grandma that you both swiped right uh and had been on like eight other dates that same week and that's how you met somebody you know like you don't want to have to have that conversation with people who don't know what it's like who don't get it i get it you can talk to me about it <laughs> But I don't, I don't know. So these people, it's like, yeah, okay. You could just, you could just call, but you can't call him. He can't, I said, why don't, why don't they just call him? There's no way they're writing letters. They said, well, he, cause he's on a submarine. He's on a submarine. And so he can't get calls. And I'm like, well, if you call him, you can leave him a voicemail. And then whenever the submarine services, he can check his phone and he'll get all your voicemails. And uh, that just took the wind right out of the the story sales. I guess I'm not. I think I'm a romantic, but I'm practical about it. I feel like I if I have a loved fiance, I would want to hear their voice. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun to get voicemail, like a voicemail every day. And then you come to the service and you get to listen to all these voicemails. That's fun. That's a nice thing to do. That seems cute to me. But instead, oh, now I have to now I have to read. Oh, Oh, my God. Now I have to open these envelopes. Oh, I don't even know how. Where's my where's the tiny sword I keep on my desk to open these envelopes? How am I going to open all these envelopes without all? Oh, now I've got paper cuts, just letters. It's just so much. It's so also. How are you getting letters to the submarine? They're in the middle of nowhere, right? It comes up in the middle of nowhere. And then le- pigeons. Are you are you tying letters to pigeon legs and just telling them? Sending them out like Noah did on the ark, telling doves to look for dry land and just hope that they find your submarine whenever it surfaces. This is there's a lot of gaps in this story that don't make any sense. How are you getting letters to the submarine? Call them. I don't know. Can you get salt reception in the middle of the ocean? I think so. I, I show me the science that says you can't get a phone call in the middle of the ocean. Show me the science. Show me. <laughs> <laughs> the scientific journal study that proves you can't make a phone call in the middle of the ocean and I will eat my hat. I will buy a hat. I will eat it. The hat will be a food item. Uh, it will be jambalaya and that will be my jambalaya hat and I will eat it. If you tell me if you can prove to me that you can't receive phone calls in the middle of the ocean. I was like, what I was asking, like, what? So what is this? <laughs> what is this guy doing on the submarine? Uh, apparently, he's learning to drive submarines. That that was what he was doing on the submarine. <laughs> oh. And I was like, how has he gone so long that she had to write letters to him? 
if he's learning to drive a submarine, I'll I'll say it right now. I've never done it before, but driving a submarine, not hard. (laughs) How hard could it be? It can't be hard to drive a submarine. What are you going to do? Run into something? (laughs) You're in like the middle. You're in the middle of the ocean. What are you going to do? Run into another submarine? (laughs) Like what happens? Like what happens if you're in a submarine in the middle of the entire ocean and you see another submarine coming at you? Are you worried you're not going to have enough time to like turn and get out of the way? What if you and another submarine both turn? You literally have 360 degrees of ways you can go. You know, in a car, it's like left or right submarine. You can go right down diagonally. You can just, you're like swimming, basically. How hard could it? What are the rules of the road for the subway? Are there any signs in the Atlantic that we need to know about? Are there sea turtles like holding up like, you know, crosswalk (laughs) signs ushering schools of fish across that? Damn, Tim, that was a good pun. You found it. You found it. Schools of fish on their way to schools. And the, turtles. <laughs> and the turtles are crossing guard. This is great stuff. Yeah, I'm a little dominating at parties. I will say that. None of this COVID thing is. I just miss an audience. Honestly, any chance I get in an audience now, it's like, I'm sorry, everyone else, but I need to. <laughs> I, need, I need to talk. <laughs> I'm going to be real obnoxious about it. I'm going to be very loud. I'm going to get too excited. I'm going to get too worked up. You guys can have your conversations after, but right now, daddy needs laughs. (laughs) Oh, my God. Who sip of the water? Somebody bled it out. I leave it in. This is authentic. This is uncut truth. (laughs) Can't be hard to drive a submarine. I don't know what else you would need to (laughs) do with a submarine. Up, down, side to side, whatever. You're just just going. Just going. What do you do? Oh, no, we're going too fast. Like, okay, just slow down. You have wide open ocean. It's like if <laughs> my dad my dad took me to the church parking lot to learn how to drive. And it was just a big loop. And we just went around a loop and there were no cars there. It's like during the week. So it's like completely empty. There were still things I could have hit. <laughs> there was like a fence in the back. There was an actual building. In terms of the church itself, there were like little bumps uh, where like the car in the parking spaces, you know, the little bumper thing that that you can go up to in a parking space. I lived in New York for eight years. I haven't seen one of these in (laughs) in almost a decade. It's a parking space with one of those bumps in it so that you can't drive through it. You know what I'm talking about? Everyone else knows what I'm talking about. I'm just realizing now I haven't seen one of those in. Years just because in New York they don't have their space is so limited. They don't there you can't take up space with a bumper defining the space. There's barely lines on the roads in New York. There's no lanes. People do whatever they want. My point is I was in a church parking lot learning how to drive a car that can only go left and right. There were things I could have hit. I I could have it could have been crazy. I could have messed this up. And a submarine is just in the ocean. What are you going to do? There's nothing to hit. There's nothing to hit. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing. Okay, whatever. I saw I was listening to this podcast, this true crime podcast. What is it? 
crime something, I feel like I should should credit them with whatever because I've I've enjoyed it. I whatever it is, whatever this pod is, it's crime junkie. It's nice. It's like the like the uh, my favorite murder girls, except uh, they don't talk as much, which is like the my favorite <laughs> my favorite murder ladies. I'm over. I don't know if you listen to that podcast. I listen to early ones and they're very fun, but then they, they kind of got famous, which is the problem with all these things is like people get famous for like, oh, I just talk about murders. And it's like, oh, wow, we love it when you talk about murders. And they're like, cool. So what's going on in your life? And it's like, I don't care what's going on in your life. I just want to hear about these murders. So like, can we get to that, ladies? And it was like, I don't know. The last one I listened to was just 20 minutes. of them talking about their cats. And I was like, I don't I don't know why anybody would would deal with this. This sucks. They're not Tim Keck talking about his day or a story here. He heard at a party. This is captivating stuff. They were just talking about what their groceries were or whatever it was. And it's like, but the show's called my favorite murder. The show is about the murder. So let's get let's get to the going ladies crime junkies great they literally they just jump they do talk about i mean everyone has a personality i'm not trying to be overly critical but they do less than a uh, feature set worth of small talk (laughs) crime junkie and they and they talk about crimes and crimes are great and it's just it's funny how uh relaxing their voices are they just have great voices for the podcast and they're very relaxing and i was like playing video games and i just put on crime junkie and just listen to like six or seven of them like in a row. And it was like background. I was like barely even paying attention to the words, all the cases blur together. And I was just, just playing some game. And then I'm like, just then I hear like, it's like talking about a murder and how he like cut his victims apart and all this stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm just passively absorbing all of this like grotesque violence. It's so pat. Their voices are so nice and relaxing. And I just space out and forget about it. And I'm just sucking it all up like a sponge. My brain is now just full of all these like different murder conglomerates and crimes and missing people. And, Oh man, it's, it's a lot. Anyway, they had, (laughs) I was listening to episodes of the pod and uh, one of the ads they do is (laughs) they're doing an ad. I don't even know what the ad was for, but they say, uh, you know, we've all had a tough year. And I was like, oh man, yeah, I have had a tough year. We've all had a tough year. Yeah, this is crazy. And then I looked down at the phone and it's like a podcast from like 2018. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> She's like, oh, 2018 has been, oh, it's terrible. Oh, it was a therapy thing because it was, oh, I started therapy this year. <laughs> it's like, oh, I needed it. 2018 was just so, oh. Can you imagine how rough 2018 is? I was like, oh, man, buckle up because 2020 is going to kick your ass. (laughs) I'm sorry, lady. Oh, I wish I could warn you. I wish I could warn 2018 crime junkie hosts that 2020 was coming. But boy, oh, boy, they know now. They know now they're still doing it. And in 2020 is crazy. Okay, let's talk Dr. Seuss because I... (laughs) Uh, you may know, I mean, the last podcast I hosted, I posted on this feed was actually the first episode of a new podcast, a new podcast I'm doing with my good buddy uh, and roommate, Pat Wise, who uh, we've done some political pods on this uh, channel. Uh, We've done different uh, covered the election, uh, the debates. 
uh, I think VP debates, president debates, uh, different things. Got good reviews for those. Got positive and negative feedback about those, but they were polarizing and people liked it. Uh, so we're going to branch that off and do its own podcast and have a you know a weekly topic uh, that we deep dive into and then just talk about current events and the politics of the day and whatever, yada, yada, yada. So I guess I'm probably going to talk less politics here or more politics or, you know, if it's a political thing. Uh, you know, check it out on political therapy. And if we don't get it, that's the name of the podcast, which may or may not be available. You know, we just, we just, we decided to start recording before we put any episodes uh, up on the feed. So that's, we started recording before we had um, uh, acquired the Apple Spotify feeds. So those should be approved any day now, hopefully this week. Um, next week, I'll be reminding everybody again, check it out. Uh, political Therapy coming soon towards a theater near you. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if this is interesting, but I'm going to then probably be, be recording come at me show after we record the weekly political therapy and then all the little things that we don't get to or the interesting things uh, that we don't get to. Then I'll probably be able to talk about here and I'm going to try not to double dip too much so that you can uh, download and listen to both. And uh, hopefully I'm not repeating myself too much. I will actively not do that. So. That's my little promise to you. One thing I wanted to talk about in political therapy, but didn't get a chance to was Dr. Seuss. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen, but uh, several Dr. Seuss books have been taken off the shelves due to racial insensitive content. I probably shouldn't have said that in a funny voice because it makes it sound like I don't care about it. I do. I don't want anyone to be offended by anything ever. If anyone's day is ruined by any of this stuff, I would be very upset and I don't want, want to hurt anybody's feelings or make anyone feel bad or, or whatever. So, but, uh, this Dr. Seuss thing, uh, is interesting. It is funny, uh, cause people are losing their shit over it. Uh, people were like, Oh my God, Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss is canceled. Oh my God, Dr. Seuss, God, the liberals, the libtards are taking our, their word, not mine are taking Dr. Seuss away. What's next? The giving tree. It's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Read Dr. Seuss. First off, wherever you're listening to this podcast, take a second. And I want you to tell me uh, your favorite Dr. Seuss book. Okay. Then your second favorite Dr. Seuss book, your third, just list as many Dr. Seuss books as you can. None of these books that are being quote unquote taken off the shelves or on that list. I can all but promise you <laughs> none of them are on there. Uh, maybe one, there was one on here that I'd heard of before. There's one I'd read before one I'd heard of before, but either way, we're not losing any bangers. All right. Cat in the hat sticking around green eggs and ham, not going anywhere. Uh, all the places you'll go. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> All the places you'll go, you'll go right to my shelf and then right into the laps of any high school graduates that I that I meet. I feel like that's the perfect book to give to a uh, a high school graduate if you're an older person who doesn't have a lot of contact with them. Um, <laughs> I received many copies of that book as a gift. So Dr. Seuss uh, being banned. I don't think Dr. Seuss is being canceled, though. I don't think it's canceled. How old are these? These are from like these books are from like the 60s and 70s. These are old books. This one's from 1953. I don't I'll go I'll list them. I'll list the books. Uh but this first one, okay. Well, here's the books that it is. I got to scroll. Maybe you're hearing me scroll. Hear me scroll. Here's a book called Scrambled Eggs Supper. What is that about? <laughs> 
no! Don't take away my favorite book, Scrambled Egg <laughs> God, Dr. Seuss, such a talented artist. He invented the cat in the hat, the Lorax. And uh, Scrambled Egg Supper, <laughs> my favorites. It's got a bunch of funny looking birds on it. Oh, it's a guy. I guess it's a a uh, a man in a turban, which is very stereotypical in an Inuit culture, and he's trying to steal eggs from people. You know, I kind of vaguely remember this one. I think it's fun. It's a fun book, but it's it is. I don't think Doctor Seuss is canceled. Canceled because I don't. I don't think this is like malicious. I'm gonna get into this uh, uh, a little later too, but. Uh, I think some things are just old people, you know, it's just some of some of the stuff is like the way it was, you know, like, I don't know how mad we can get at somebody who wrote a book in 1953 that has like racial stereotypes in it, you know, like, I don't think we can cancel Dr. Seuss for that. I don't think anyone's trying to cancel Dr. Seuss from that. I think it, this is actually. Uh. These books are being pulled from. I think it is like Dr. Seuss's company that's doing or the whoever owns the Dr. Seuss books like this is this is their effort to like like cut this off of the head. Not that I don't I don't think Dr. Seuss is necessarily a racist or anything like that, but this imagery is not cool anymore. <laughs> you can't do this anymore. It's offensive by today's standards. And even if they're. I don't know. I don't know why I mean, what am I even going to say? What am I going to say? That's of any interest here. It, it's it's offensive now. I don't think it was done with bad intentions, but nowadays it's racist. And if these people that own these books want to take them down because they now, in hindsight, realize that some of this stuff isn't cool anymore, then then good for them. Like, why not take it down? What, do we need to keep this around? How much are we fighting for? Really? You really you need to keep scrambled egg super around. <laughs> supper if you need scrambled egg supper buy it now before it's gone uh but otherwise you know what i wonder too is like couldn't you just like uh clean it up can't you it's art it's the art that's the problem it seems like i don't think i don't think there's a lot with like actual racial content in the writing but it seems like a lot of lots of the imagery is offensive so like can they just have a new Artist, they can re-release. If people are clamoring at the chomping at the bit for scrambled egg supper, they can just put you know, get rid of this guy's turban, crop on like a New York Yankees hat, and then like re-release this <laughs> re-release this shit. Like, why not? Run it back, man. Fix it up. Just be there. I I appreciate. I appreciate the fact that they're being sensitive to people and they don't want to, they don't want to alienate anybody. But scrambled egg supper. A devastating <laughs> loss for literary, uh, uh, literatica, liter- literary, uh, historians, li- historians all over the world. If I ran the zoo, I remember this. Matt Damon was in this. Uh, it did not look good, so I did not see it. Uh, was it Jessica Chastain as well? If I ran the zoo, okay, yeah. So these images make me uncomfortable. I'm not gonna lie, I'm looking at them right now. This is a guy traveling all over the world to get animals for the zoo. This book I remember fondly. I I remember thinking this book was good as a kid. I don't think it was like top tier Dr. Seuss by any means, but I mean, the images are funny and they have a lot of like, oh, these guys are this is very Asian stereotypical stuff. 
So uh, that that raises red flags. But then the imagery is like they have a guy. (laughs) He's like very is very like a like stereotypical looking like Asian caricatures carrying like a weird lion in a cage on top of their heads. But then they're coming down a mountain and the ones in the back are smaller and then the one in the middle is medium and the other one's large that so when they're going down the mountain the cage is all still at the perfect height and that's such like a Seussian thing to me like that's Dr. Seuss in my mind like that imagery is very funny and pleasing but it's paired with something that now I find you know personally offensive it's weird I mean this is weird to look at it's a little jarring to look back at your childhood and think about like boy how much of this stuff am I just absorbing you know, oh, there's uh, this is a good one. McElly gets Ellie gets pool. McElly got M C capital E L L I G O T apostrophe S pool P O O L. What does that mean? Um, there's an Eskimo fish from the Hudson Bay. Might decide to swim down. Might be headed this way. I guess it's like Inuit. <laughs> Alias was removed for using the word Eskimo to describe a type of fish from the North Pole. Uh, so, yeah, so they, these fish have little like like hoods on them. I don't know. Is Eskimo an offensive word? I don't know. It is, but I guess describing a fish as Eskimo is offensive. I don't know. I, I don't I don't want to get in. <laughs> this is I don't want to. Judge what's a oh beyond on beyond zebra. That's the other on beyond zebra. Dr. Seuss is one of his great works on beyond zebra. Oh, and then they have, you know, different stereotypes here. There's some rhymes and one of them is a Chinese boy who eats with sticks. That's not a uh, that doesn't seem great. Oh, that's from and to think I saw it on Mulberry Street, um, which I believe is the one where. Uh, it turns out the mall Santa Claus was the real Santa Claus all along. The other one was the cat's quizzer, which I'd never heard of before. Uh, but it includes, <laughs> oh my God, I guess it's a bunch of like nonsensical questions in the book with illustrations. And one of them is how old do you have to be to be a Japanese? That's rough. <laughs> that's, that's not great. I don't know. I think it's the A before Japanese that does it for me. (laughs) How old do you have to be to be a Japanese? Oh, that doesn't sound great at all. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. We don't need these books around. (laughs) I'm okay. I'm okay with them losing them. I don't don't think it's that big a deal. Gosh, when's The Rock going to write a book? You know, that's coming. Isn't it sad that the economy is doing so poorly? All these celebrities need second jobs. Ryan Reynolds is like running a production company. The Rock's going to write a book soon. The Rock's plugging every <laughs> goddamn second. The Rock's on his Instagram plugging a new. He did his tequila, which is instantly the most popular tequila in the world. And now he's doing these like weird tea energy drinks. Those are going to be super popular. I wish I was so popular that I could just like a thing and then it blows up. What could I possibly do for come at me show? If you like come at me show, you're going to love these tennis rackets. Tim, uh, Tim rarely plays tennis. If ever, maybe once in his life, he's played tennis, but when he does, it's with these 
come at me show rackets. I need a it needs to be a pun. Maybe maybe it doesn't even need to be a pun. I think, you know, I just I just say that I'm into it and then people would buy it and, uh, you know, make a little off the back end. It seems seems great. Megan Markle interview. We talked about that on um, political therapy. I don't think I have anything to add to our conversation. I do think I don't know if I got uh, uh, distracted a little bit talking about it, but um you know, it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. We, we talked, it talks about it on the pod. <laughs> That's fine. I don't need to talk anymore about it. Okay. I'm going to end on this last, last time, maybe last time I sat down and did a real command me show pod. I did talk about Hamilton because I just seen Hamilton and I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I yeah, I, know I had problems with it, but that's not what this is about. I, I posted about it. Uh, people listened to the show. I got some comments. People telling me what they thought of Hamilton. Uh, vast majority, not super interesting. Everybody seemed to like it. <laughs> uh, got some jokes. Uh, solid doc. Crazy how much people used to sing before TikTok. That's fun. Uh, <laughs> and they shouldn't have made uh, America because if we were still England, we'd have health care. That's interesting. I guess does England have, have universal health care? Is that a thing? It is interesting to me uh, how during the pandemic, the government just starts doing all these things like raising, uh, you know, unemployment, trying to get people uh, send, sending people individual checks, trying to take care of our, um, you know, what is it? What's the term? The, the essential workers sending out these checks, doing all this, like uh, trying to provide all these services like getting everybody the shot and all these things and it's like oh yeah these are all the things that we could be doing all the time now anyway so just universal health care that would be sweet uh here's one that i i feel like i see a lot uh that kind of goes hand in hand with the dr seuss thing for me and i think is silly is uh somebody said you know oh great uh, I, I don't love how this is romanticizing someone who enslaved people. Uh, and you hear about this stuff all the time. People are like George Washington. Pretty cool guy. Aside from the whole slavery thing. Otherwise, suck it, Washington. Suck it, Washington. You suck because <laughs> of all these slaves. And I'm not trying to belittle the idea of a uh, uh, slavery's bad. We all know it. We're all grownups here. We can all say out loud slavery. Not good. But also. These people, I don't know, we can't, I don't, I just feel like I can't get too mad at Dr. Seuss in the 50s for doing dumb shit and comparing them to our standards. We're holding people from hundreds of years ago up to our standards, right? When was George Washington alive? The 1600s, the 1500s, the 1400s? Back when America was discovered, George Washington was there and he grew with our nation until we were on the right path and he wandered off and turned into a tree that is still alive in Washington, D.C., to this day. Uh, and if we ever need him again, I think, you know, the tears of a child could <laughs> bring him back as well as the clapping and applauding of a nation uh, could turn the tree back into George Washington and save us all. Maybe, maybe the tree, maybe the magical George Washington tree is powered by patriotism and that just the lack of patriotism in our country has, has caused him to shrivel up and become tree like. Uh, romanticizing someone who enslaved I just didn't get that impression at all from the from the thing this is uh a predominantly like uh non-white cast the white cast members are there just to like do little tidbits you know like the prince is like kind of a joke and they come in and they just uh, they understand their roles really nicely I think it's like they're they're taking a white man's story in Hamilton and making it very relatable and making it like very current 
And uh, the fact that like Lin-Manuel Miranda found this guy relatable and wanted to make a whole show about it. And all these people signed on to do this show about this guy obviously shows that they are not holding the slavery thing against him. In fact, I think during the show a lot, they're mentioning how Alexander Hamilton wanted to free the slaves. Maybe he didn't, but he was pro freeing the slaves. And they kept mentioning it. There was that one character who was always trying to free the slaves before he died and then came back in the second act as like his kid or whatever it was. But it's, I just I don't see how you can say that. It seems like a dumb thing to say to me. Oh, cool. Here's a musical done by, you know, mostly uh, or all non-white people. Boy, they must really hate this white guy who disrespected, you know, their ancestors or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems it seems dumb. I feel like I'm uh, not not good. not ready to tackle this. I want to talk about funnier stuff. And now I'm. I'm going to boggle down. Okay, I'll Google Commando and get back to you guys next week. Uh, be on the lookout for political therapy. Let's, I don't know, what else is there? Guys, I'm going to be doing a, uh, uh, a special pod uh, next week uh, for uh, the new Justice League Snyder Cut dropping this weekend. So uh, if you're going to watch it, check it out and then check out this feed. Uh, me and a couple of special guests are going to be going over it, uh, talking it up like they do uh email the show call the show guys let me know and the king stays king bye